this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. These weeks in the season of Epiphany, I have picked out what I thought were some of the pivotal key stories, the important stories about Jesus that tell us about who he is and what it means to call him the light of the world. And when our story picks up today, Jesus is fresh from his 40 days in the wilderness and word is beginning to spread about him. He's become quite famous, quite well known right now beginning to make a name for himself, and he's invited, he's going to speak at his hometown synagogue in Nazareth. And as you will see from this homecoming story, that the sermon didn't actually go very well. First, they love him, oh my, they love him. But by the end of this day, they'll be running him out of town. And I had considered first just doing the first part of the story that ends in verse 21, but I decided to read the whole section because I thought it would give us a glimpse as to really who Jesus is, but also we see that he doesn't quite fit people's expectations of who they think he is and who he's going to be. So I invite you to read along with me with your Bibles in Luke chapter 4 today, beginning in verse 14, and I'm going to read all the way to 30. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll, found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him, and they began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? Now, he could have finished right there, dropped the mic, strolled on out, when everyone loved him, and everyone speaking well of him. But Jesus doesn't stop there. And the story continues. Jesus said to him, Then, doubtless, you will quote to me the proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And he will say, Do here also in your hometown the things we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months. And there was a severe famine for all the land. Yet, Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in that time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed except Naaman from Syria. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of town, 
led Jesus to the bow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Now, I remember a minister telling me about his most terrifying preaching gig he ever had in his life. It wasn't the kind of crowd or the topic or even how large the crowd was. He was asked to preach in the church that he grew up in. And he said, I was so terrified because I just knew, as I said before that congregation, that my high school teacher was remembering how I cheated in math. And my Sunday school teacher was thinking about how I never behaved and never listened to class. And I just knew everyone was thinking, he became a minister. That's the thing. Maybe Jesus has a point about prophets not being welcomed in their hometown. We just know them too well. Jesus had them eating out the palm of his hand. They loved what they were hearing from him that day. He reads from Isaiah 61. Good news to the poor, captives going free, sight to the blind, the year of the Lord's favor. People are free in forgiveness and they're like, amen, brother. They love it. They could have stopped. He could have stopped right there. Freedom to the captive, sight to the blind. He could have dropped that mic and said, thank you, Nazareth, I love you, good night, and walked on out of there, a hero where people would say, I knew that boy when he was little. But Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He keeps on going. He reads Isaiah, and then he reads into the, leans into the awkwardness of the situation, and he proceeds to say what he believes they're all thinking. He says... I suppose that you are expecting me to do some good things for you, work some magic, do some wonders. A direct quote says, do here also in your hometown the things we have heard you do in Capernaum. He names what everyone is wondering. What can you do for us, Jesus? We are your hometown people. If you're helping people in Capernaum, what are you going to do for us back home in Nazareth? After all, when Jesus quotes from Isaiah, about the year of the Lord's favor, about sight to the blind, about freeing the captives. The people they are all picturing is themselves. He says, and you will say, do here also in your hometown the things we have heard you did at Capernaum. And then he reminds them of two beloved prophets and some stories associated with them. Stories they would have known well. He mentions first Elijah, and it was during a hard time and a famine. When Elijah was sent to a certain widow's house, and they miraculously never ran out of food, and Elijah lived to see another day. And then he tells a story about Elisha, where there were many, many lepers during that time, and one leper who was healed was a leper named Naaman from Syria. And Jesus mentions these two stories, and as soon as he does, they literally want to throw him out of town. Oh, literally throw him off a cliff. Worse than get him out of town. They want him dead. Now, what do you think was so upsetting about those seemingly harmless stories? Why did it suddenly change from praise to wanting him gone? Well, those two stories, as benign as they seem, we might not even notice. The widow that he mentions that Elijah goes to, the leper that he mentions from Syria, they're Gentiles. Gentiles, they're non-Jews. And not only that, but he's telling stories of where God is at work through a poor widow and an outcast leper. They aren't their kind. They aren't their people. And here is Jesus 
letting them know that his ministry was not just for the hometown crowd. It was to the outsider, to the hurting and the broken and the lost. You know, like he just read, release to the captives, good news to the poor, forgiving debts. In other words, Jesus is telling them this isn't all about you. And they got the message. And they were furious. What a first sermon. It's like that saying, there are two kinds of preaching that are really hard to listen to, bad preaching and good preaching. I, I know that probably you're just like me, that sometimes when you think about God's love for you, when you think about how God offers forgiveness to us when we seek him, it makes me feel warm and content and safe and happy to know that God loves me just as I am. Except the problem with that is that, well, first of all, do me a favor for a minute. Think of someone you just really don't like. Don't name names. Just think of someone. It could be even some public figure. Just someone you don't like or respect or annoys you and just think of that person for a moment. And does it fill you with the exact same comfort to think that God loves that person? just as much as God loves you. That God offers forgiveness to that person just as much as God offers forgiveness to you. When my kids were born, someone from my church gave me a sign that I, I still love, and it's in one of their rooms, and it says, Jesus knows me, this I love. And Jesus knows me, this I love. And I love that sign, but the truth is, that it can be hard to be known. You can feel vulnerable being known because there's no way to hide. There's no way to pretend when he knows you, all of you. Episcopal priest Barbara Brown Taylor writes about a time she was attending a spiritual retreat. And someone during the retreat asked everyone in the room to, to share and think about a person who had been like Christ to them. And she said everyone was going around the room and people were sharing different, different ones. Some people mentioned the unconditional love of their parents. Some talked about forgiveness from spouses and siblings. They talked about people that had offered them grace and mercy and forgiveness. And then one person came to her time to share and she said, I had to think hard about that one because I kept thinking, who is it that told me the truth about myself so clearly that I wanted to kill him for it? That's the thing about Jesus. He speaks the truth to us. And he told the truth so clearly that they would indeed try to kill him for it. And on a hill outside of Jerusalem, they would certainly try to do it. For they think they could kill him and silence everything he did and said and stood for. And here in Nazareth today, they don't like what they hear. He speaks the truth to them that God's love is bigger. And they don't like it. You know, we often think about Jesus being so comforting, about offering love and grace and mercy and forgiveness and salvation. And he is, of course, all of those things and offers all of them. But the thing we forget is that it also comes with the truth. He speaks the truth to us. And here's the thing. 
hope you don't leave here today feeling all fired up, saying, my preacher reminded us as a follower of Jesus, I'm here to speak the truth to you. You know, let some people have it. Tell the truth they've been needing to hear from you. Trust me, that is not the message I am trying to have you hear today. Because here's the thing about that. I happen to think it's really hard sometimes for us, for you and I, to, to discern whether it's the truth that person really needs to hear or if it's our pride and our ego that just really want to be the one telling it. Faith and spirituality is always a message that asks all of us to look within our own hearts, not police everybody else's. Besides, today is a story about Jesus showing us who he is showing us that God's love is bigger and can be sometimes uncomfortable to hear, especially, especially when you like to think you are one of God's VIPs. The truth can be hard to hear sometimes. In fact, I was thinking of the story of the Good Samaritan. You know this story, one of the most beloved stories where a man on the road to Jericho was beaten and robbed and left for dead and a priest and a Levite, they both go walking past him. They don't stop. Either they're too busy to stop, don't want to get involved in that mess, or just uh, don't, have, don't think they have the time to help. The priest, I certainly identify with. The Levite, they both keep walking past the man in the ditch. I think that's something we all can identify with, really. To be that person that's too scared or too busy to stop. And then we have the Good Samaritan, of course the outsider, the Gentile, who does stop to help. And maybe on a good day we can all identify with the Good Samaritan in this story. To realize that in our heart of hearts we know this truth. That we have to be a people who are willing to get our hands dirty. People willing to stop and help even a stranger without strings attached. But we never, ever want to imagine ourselves as the guy in the ditch, do we? We don't want to imagine ourselves as the person who needs help. That hometown crowd with Jesus there wanted Jesus to tell them about all the ways God cares and loves them. Tell them all the ways that they are special, protected, and valued. And Jesus, just by quoting stories from their own tradition, remind them of a truth that's hard to hear. That his ministry is going to be bigger than this. He'd be headed straight to the ditch. Headed straight to the ditch. That his ministry would not be just for and to the hometown crowd, but a ministry with and to all people. Even the ones they don't like right now. Even the ones that aren't like them, even the ones they don't think deserve it. And I don't know about you, but that sure does sound like good news to me. Thanks be to God.